Okay, we are um, involved in a, this is for the first time in probably a little over 10 years that we're involved in cleansing stream and we're taking the, um, the actual six weeks, five weeks of, uh, of lessons that everybody who signs up for it and we're actually preaching through it on Sunday morning. So you're getting, whether you're signed up for cleansing stream or not, you are getting uh, the cleansing stream lessons coming to you. And I would just like to strongly encourage that um, every single one of you would uh, uh, be able to get involved. I, I, we're, I don't think we've got enough um, leaders right now to handle everybody in our church, but uh, I, we're getting started with it, and we'll, we'll come up with as many leaders as we need to. Uh, I'm having a group of men right after church uh, with Jerry. Uh, if you're interested in as a man, you can join our group, uh, and we've got other leaders that can help uh, with uh, doing that. So <laughs> open your heart and um, consider what we're doing. I, I'm Idia Sato. I'm the founding pastor of the church. Robin Ventura, Robin can, Robin's going to share with, um, uh, with me the, the message this morning. We're, call, we're calling it Walking in the Spirit. Um, I believe that we're living in a real critical time in history, that we're living in a period of time that is very, very specific by God, and it, it, I feel like we're living closer to the coming of Jesus Christ and the final uh, events of the, the end of time than we have ever been. Uh, how many of you are looking around and what's going on in the world, and it kind of startles you that so many changes are taking place so quickly? How many feel like that, that there's something happening that is more than what our eyes can see. Uh, and I believe that. There's a, uh, I want to show you this prophetic uh, chart. Can you, can you turn over to the 2,000 years? Yeah. Uh, Peter says that a, thousand, uh, a year is as a 1,000 years. A 1,000 years is, is uh, a 1,000 years is one day. One day is as a 1,000 years. A 1,000 years is a day. And if we mark out Bible history, we're probably at the 6,000th year since uh, Adam and Eve was created. And uh, what I understand, uh, can you go to the next slide? Is there a next slide? Okay, back, back to that. So uh, I thought that I had this on where it was supposed to say, in the first 2,000 years, it was a time of the father that... Uh, Abraham was called. There was a time of the fathers that um, uh, came into history. The second thousand, two thousand years, from the third thousand to the fourth thousand, before Jesus comes into the world, was an introduction of the Son. And we have uh, a huge history of sons of fathers that that changed the world until Jesus comes into the world. And then the third two thousand years is broken up into three two thousand year periods. One is a period, the first is a period of the revelation of God the Father. The second is a revelation of the Son. And we're living in the period of the release and revelation of the Holy Spirit in the world. Since Jesus came into the world, this 2,000-year period is a period of the Holy Spirit. He was poured out on Pentecost on, uh, in Acts, the second chapter, and... Uh, there has been a movement of the Holy Spirit all across the world. In the 1900s, uh, 
up to our time, 120 years has transpired. We're living in a period of the outpouring in a very special way all across the world of Pentecostal charismatic movements uh, that has now encompassed a third of Christianity. It's, it's, it's an amazing thing that's happening. And I was birthed in the midst of all of that uh, in the 60s and the 70s. And, and I believe we are living in a period that God is doing very, something very special. Cleansing Stream was born out of this period of time, out of a church that had a tremendous vision of how Christians could be better than they are today. Now, how many of you, on a regular basis, you go to the doctor and get a medical checkup once a year? How many of you do that? How many have just recently in this past year or in the past year, you've got an annual medical checkup? You've checked, not very many of you. <laughs> it's because you guys just don't believe in that or something. Okay, so I don't feel like it's really that accurate. You know, I would prefer having, like I, I have this ring on. It checks the status of my heart, my sleep, my activity 24 hours a day. You know, I think that. We can live in a, we're living in a time when technology can help us with that. But you know what is more important than an annual checkup? And if you don't do annual checkups, you might not do, want to do this. You not only need an annual physical medical checkup, I believe that you need a regular annual spiritual checkup. And so you need to evaluate yourself, say, am I looking at my life and checking off in the blocks in my life what is working and what's not, what's functioning and what's not? <clears throat> um, and I would really recommend that you seriously think about getting involved in climbing stream as an annual checkup for your spiritual life. Uh, we're talking about walking in the Spirit. Let me... Let me uh, Jump into this, and let's pray. Father, bless this time. Bless your word to our hearts. Help us to understand what it means to walk in your spirit, be sensitive to your spirit, hear what your spirit is saying to our lives, and re realize that we are living in a time when you desire to do so much in every single one of our lives so that your church can be a powerful influence to the world around us. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen. You know, what, you know what is the biggest challenge in marriage? You know, uh, psychologists say that there's three different things. One is sex is a big challenge. The other is money. And I believe there's something that's even more powerful than that that affects marriage. And when it's not there, marriages fall apart. Marriage will fall apart because of problems with sex and problems with money. But you know what that is? The third thing? Communication. Very good, Rhonda. Communication, <laughs> communication is the biggest challenge that all of us face in our lives. Um, I picked this up years ago. It was kind of a humorous thing that uh, a mature-looking mature lady had an appointment with a marriage counselor and told him flat out, said, I want to divorce my husband. To this, the counselor replied, uh, do you have any grounds? And uh, she replied, why, yes, we have almost an acre. And, and the puzzled counselor asked her, uh, you don't understand. 
what I want to know is, do you and your husband have a grudge? And the lady answered, actually, we don't, but we do have a nice carport. At this, the counter shook his head and said, ma'am, I'm sorry, but I just don't see any reason why you should divorce your husband. The lady looked at the counselor and said to him, it's just that the man can't carry on a decent conversation. Ever had that kind of problem in your marriage? <laughs> Susan and I have that all the time. <laughs> I think she understands me and she thinks I understand her and we find out that we really have a hard time understanding each other. Um, what is walking in the Spirit? Walking, walking in the God wants to speak to us. He wants to communicate to us. One of the biggest problems we have with God is what married couples have in their relationship with each other, is hearing the other person speak. How many of you have heard in this past week, God say something to you? Has God spoken to you? Okay, how, how many are not even, you don't have a clue of how God speaks? Um, the Spirit speaks to us. God's Spirit speaks to us. And we need to understand that. How does it speak? There's, you, whether you realize this or not, you are made up of spirit, soul, and body. There's three components in your life. You have a spirit in the inner core of your life. You've got a soul that makes up your mind, will, and emotions. And you've got a physical body that's on the outside. Your physical body gives you communication with this world. It, con it contacts, if, without a body, you have no way of be being able to uh, live and communicate and function in a physical world. So your body gives you contact with this physical world. Your soul, which is your mind, emotion, and will, makes you conscious. This is really interesting because we take this for granted. It gives you it makes you conscious of yourself. Have you ever asked yourself a question and answered it? You know, you're not strange. That's, that's, how, that's how God has made us up. <laughs> because we can talk to ourselves. We're, we're a, a, a very conscious being, and we're totally aware of ourselves. And so our soul gives us a consciousness of ourselves. Our bodies give us consciousness with the world. Our soul gives us a consciousness of ourselves. And our spirit connects us with God. And the way God speaks to us and connects with us is through the Holy Spirit. God the Father had a plan of salvation when he created man and woman, and they fell. Jesus came to execute that plan, and in order to fulfill it, the Holy Spirit was sent by Jesus in order to guide us every single day. So it's a spirit that we're connected to in our spirit that guides us, and so he'll talk to us. The Lord will talk to us, and we, some people call it conscience. You know, when you want to do something bad, there's a little voice that says, um, that's not too good, don't do it, or don't say it. And you see it, and you regret it, and you can't take it back, right, in, in your life. So it's the, 
the, the scripture says in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, very God of peace, sanctify your whole, and I pray the God your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved, blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus. You have a spirit, you have a soul, you have a body. And the spirit also gives us a capacity to hear God. When the spirit moves, God speaks. And this is what the uh, scripture says in Genesis 1.3. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. When God's spirit moves, God speaks. Everybody say, spirit moves. God speaks. Okay. When, when the spirit is there, God is speaking, and he wants to say, so you're here this morning, and I believe because you're in the presence of God's people and we are worshiping him, God's speaking to your heart. The third thing that, uh, that is uh, uh, what the walking in the spirit is, is it's the release of God's creativity in us. And this is Genesis chapter 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit was hovering over the waters to recreate the world. It was a creation activity that the Holy Spirit was doing. And I believe that when you have the Holy Spirit in your life, that's why if you've never accepted Christ in your life, you've never opened your heart to ask the Holy Spirit in your life, that you're not going to experience this. But when you open your heart and you ask the Holy Spirit to guide, direct, and lead your life, something happens inside that makes you different. You'll think different, you'll feel different, you'll visualize things differently, uh, answers will come to you, wisdom will be given to you, you'll understand things about yourself and other people in the world, you'll be guided in life. And you find that you could make a wrong decision, he's going to lead you into the right decision. Uh, we're going to jump into the second part of this uh, lesson, why do you walk in the Spirit? And uh, Robin is going to come up and share uh, from this point. Okay? Why don't you welcome Robin as she comes. By, by the way, Robin, how long have you been part of our church? Since 1991. 30, 31 years now. Wow. So she's been part of our church for 30 years. And she has learned a lot of stuff in church. And she has, she's right now involved in uh, kind of an island-wide intercessory movement, praying for different, in fact, going to police stations and fire departments and getting real favor with uh, a lot of folks that uh, are in law enforcement and uh, safety. So, and she's, because of situations that's happened, she's also uh, the major intercessor that's guiding uh, Cleansing Stream right now, right? Yeah, so... Uh, so Robin's going to be sharing now. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so why do we walk in the Spirit? God walked in the Garden of Eden, um, Revelations 3.20, in the cool of the day when it was pleasant and calm and a good time, and he would walk and talk with Adam and Eve. And one day, Adam and Eve didn't come to him, so he called out to them, where are you? God has always sought intimacy with us. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him, and he with me. From Genesis to Revelations, God is seeking intimacy with the ones he created, with you and with me. 
Danny Silk, who does a Keep Your Love On merit, marital seminar, says, defines intimacy as, into me you see. God wants to see in our hearts, and we want to see in God's heart. But will we allow him in? How do we get into God's heart? The Holy Spirit will connect us with God. That's his job. God wants us to get past the feelings that we have to earn his love, that we have to earn the right to be loved, the right to be in his presence. God wants us to come into his presence with joy, like a little child running into the arms of the father. You've seen the, the little kids running up, Daddy, Daddy. Um, he wants us to be free and joyous and coming into his presence that way. Then John 15, 9 says, As the Father loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. It happens one step at a time, one barrier at a time. God will sense, will sense something holding us back from God. I don't want God to know about that. And he'll knock on that door. And if we say, yes, God, come in, cleanse that area, that's one barrier down, one step closer into his heart. God doesn't want us to have guilt, shame, no cowering, no expectations that we're going to be punished or rebuked. He wants us to hear him whisper in our ears that he loves us. As we begin to respond to God's love and acceptance, we'll become aware of God's power, the power that he's leading us into. But sometimes things hold us back from both God's love and intimacy and from God's power. My earliest memory was when I was 20 months old. I was lying in a hospital bed with pneumonia, and in the evening, they forced my mother to leave. Parents weren't allowed to stay. Parents weren't allowed to stay with their kids at that time. And I remember screaming in terror, and that's when fear entered my life. For the next 44 years, fear tormented me. Because it entered so young, I wasn't aware that everybody didn't live this way. I thought fear was just the way everybody lived. Fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of rape, fear of heights, fear of my children being kidnapped, fear of my husband leaving me or my husband dying. The many faces of fear kept me bound and kept me from reaching out to others or trying new things that God might want me to do. But now, as 44 years are passing, I'm discovering that not everybody lives this way. And so then Cleansing Stream came to Grace Bible Church. I went to the first one. And 2 Timothy 1.7 hit me. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. First, God gives us power. Luke 10.19. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you, not even the spirit of fear. Secondly, God gives us love. With God's love filling our hearts, there's no room for anything else. No room for fear. And then lastly, God gives us the sound mind. This indicates safe thinking, good judgment, disciplined thought patterns, ability to understand and make right decisions, and includes the qualities of self-control and self-discipline. And 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, we have the mind of Christ. 44 years of tormenting fear, cowering in bed at night, shaking when I'd hear noises because my husband was a commercial fisherman and he was gone from Friday to Sunday and I had two little boys in the other room. Staying home from parties because I was afraid I would say something wrong or do something wrong and that people would reject me. I didn't have any male friends, I was afraid of men. I don't know how I got married. That's really a miracle. 
He was the first man I met in high school. I was 13, and I married him when I was 18. <laughs> and that took care of that. Um, <laughs> then I went to my first cleansing stream retreat, and I was set free. I felt like a butterfly that had broken out of the cocoon. Life was getting better and better, and I started to understand that walking in God's love, walking in the intimacy with God, I was given power. And I'm going to repeat Luke 10, 19, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. I was able to trample on fear and put it under my feet. The tools the enemy uses to beat people up, for me it was fear, but he's using a lot of other tools for every one of us. Whether it's gossip or anger or alcohol or anything else, many of the temptations the enemy uses to control us you can be an overcomer, too. When we're walking in the Spirit with close love and relationship, he gives us power to accomplish his will. As we see him working through us, we gain confidence, strength, and we start reaching out to others, reaching to the ones who are hurting, the ones who need God. He leads us to find our strengths so that we can start walking towards our destiny, the destiny God has for us. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts I have towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. God has a plan for each one of you, a unique destiny. Um, I was astounded. Debbie doesn't know I'm going to say this, but I found out this weekend that her love language is gifts. And how appropriate God has put her shoebox giving gifts to millions of kids. God takes our unique individual gifts that he's given us and when we have that intimacy, when we're free from fear, when we can walk in what God's calling us to do, we walk into that destiny. And the destiny will give us hope, it'll give us joy and contentment. I was always afraid God was going to send me to, as a missionary to Africa. Didn't happen. That's not my gifting. When we're using the gifts he gave us, when we're walking in the calling that he has called us, when we were created for, there's peace. We can wake up in the morning with enthusiasm, fire, and anticipation. When we're walking in his calling for our lives, he will use us to touch others around with the love of God. This morning as I was driving down to church, I saw the green mountains and the blue sky and the white clouds, and I was just thanking God for the beauty, and he said, it's beautiful because there's contrasts. Everything's not the same. And when you get free, you, if you go through the cleansing stream retreat, you will see the contrast of your life then versus the life God wants you to have. Life with God, walking in the Spirit. Why should we walk in the Spirit? Because it's fun, it's rewarding, it's fulfilling, and meaningful. It becomes a life worth living. Thank you very much, Robin. So I just want to close this off um, <clears throat> with the final thoughts of uh, the three things that is really important in how to walk with the, in the Spirit and walk with the Spirit. You know, there's a lot of attacks in our lives, a lot of attacks in our society, and in marriage today. You know, we're, we're finding attacks as we've never uh, seen it before. Abortion, gender identity, same-sex relationship, 
exploitation of sex in our government schools, anti-American values, and we can handle everything that comes against us if our families are strong, if our homes are strong, if mom and dads can communicate uh, well with each other. But there's a problem because men and women are so different from each other that they think different, they feel different. You know, men, men uh, live with their minds uh, as the stronger element in their lives. Women live with their emotions as a stronger part. And, and often there's a, a huge clash. Uh, we need to, to walk in the spirit in three different areas. I'm going to go quickly through it and I'll uh, end up with a story. We need to have a clean heart because we've got all kinds of distractions in our lives. Distractions will grab hold of us, take, preoccupy us, drag us away from our, our homes, our marriages, our kids, uh, our life with God. And Peter said in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of, the, of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent means to change your direction. Change the way you're thinking. And when you do that, something happens that opens up yourself to the Holy Spirit. We need to follow God's leading in order to overcome any kind of opposition and obstructions and barriers and challenges that we face in our lives. We'll face all of that. Acts chapter 5, verse 32 says, We are all witnesses of these things. So is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to them. The Spirit is given to them that, everybody say this together, obey. Obey Him. He's, he's speaking. We need to hear it. And we need to obey and when we do, the Lord is going to guide and lead us. And the final thing is uh, praise and worship battles assaults that come against our lives from the enemy. Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to, to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs uh, with your heart to the Lord. And what, what God is doing in each of our hearts, if we're sensitive to hear what he's saying, will transform our lives. Uh, let me close with this. I, um, we have a, an ongoing saga in my relationship with Susan. Um, we, we were married now a little over 51 years. I think she knows me better than she's ever known me before. I know her better than uh, I've ever known her before. We love each other more than we've ever had. <clears throat> but we've had this ongoing thing in our marriage from the very start, and uh, I call it our bed-making story. Um, when we first got married, I like to get up early in the morning. She like, I'm the, uh, I'm the one that loves the morning hours. Before the sun even comes up, she likes sleeping in. And one of the biggest problems that I felt like a problem, maybe she didn't think it was a big problem, probably she didn't, you know, that, um, I'd go into the bedroom after she'd get up, and I would tell her, uh, since you were the last one to get up, you should fix the bed. And she never fixed the bed. You know, it didn't bother her that the bed was messy. And I got so upset, and I'm irritated, and I'm talking to God. You know, it's really important to talk to God when you're mad. <laughs> um, 
And I said, I'm irritated at my wife. She doesn't make up the, the bed. And God said, I have a solution for you so that you'll never get mad again. It's dangerous to talk to God. You know what he said? He said, the bed will always be made up if you make it. Anytime you see the bed not made, you make it. I didn't want to hear that. But I don't know, for maybe five or ten years, I was making up the bed every morning. Whenever I walk in, I said, it's not made up, I'll make it, you know? And um, I don't know if I ever left it un unmade, hoping that she would catch the hint and make it, but, you know. And then... Uh, she came up with this one argument one day, and I don't think she even remembers this. She said, you know, you don't have to make the bed up because I, follow, I read somewhere that uh, if you make up the bed, you don't air out all the germs and the bacteria from the bed. So it's better not to make the bed up. And I thought to myself, you know, the best way to get to a man is with rational thinking. And I thought about that, and I said... I wanted her to change so that she'd make the bed, but she gave me a really good argument why not to. And so I think for the next 10 years, I didn't make the bed. <laughs> and I don't know how long ago it was, maybe five years ago or three years ago, all of a sudden, she's making the bed up, and she's, but the way she wants to do it is not by herself. She says, can you help me make the bed? And she won't make the bed unless I help her. And she'll get mad at me because I'm not around to help her. Does that make sense? <laughs> so I went home the other day. I went home the other day. And she's looking at me and she says, I'm mad at you. I said, for what? Because you left and you didn't help me make up the bed. For 10 years, I was doing it by myself. Can't you, can't, you, can't you do it? So I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get up in the morning. When I see the bed not made up, I'm going to make up my side of the bed. I'm going to leave the other half unmade and see if she's going to make it and catch the hint. Go through the whole day, and the next morning, I'm thinking to myself, she never made the bed up on the other side. <laughs> so I asked her, how come you, I, I, I made up my side, why didn't you make up your side? She said, because I didn't think you came into the bed to sleep. I thought maybe you slept out in the parlor in somewhere <laughs> else. <clears throat> so it was like that from the whole day the night before, and I thought to myself, how can you think like that? I was in bed with you that night. <laughs> and I said, but I set it up so that I do my half, you do your half. And she looks at me and she said, you should have communicated that to me. You know how important communication is? <laughs> and what's more important of, uh, in regards to communication it's not only the communication between a husband and wife. You know, if I never heard from God in the early 10 years of our marriage, I think we would have such a hard time, you know, because 
Love is built not on 50-50 relationship. It's built on being 100% serving each other. And God is speaking to us in a similar way every day. And are you hearing? Are you listening? Are you listening to what God is saying? And I want to, why don't we stand together? I, I, I want you to open your heart and say, God, help me to understand what you're saying. Let me be open to hear your spirit speak and walk with you. Open my heart to you, I pray. In Jesus' name. We're going to sing and close our service this morning.